You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and before we get started with today's episode, I want to make sure that you know that I'll be teaching a free masterclass the first week of April all about how to overcome overwhelm. If you ever feel like the weight of your family is on you, on your shoulders, and you are about to collapse underneath the load of it all, this class is for you. I will teach you three actionable steps you can take to start reprioritizing your responsibilities and shifting your perspectives so family life feels more manageable and less overwhelming. Sound too good to be true? Well, the class is free, so you have nothing to lose by signing up and coming to see if I can help you. The Overcoming Overwhelm Masterclass will be offered twice during the first week of April, so you can choose the time that is best for you, and there will also be a replay. Just go to 3in30podcast.com slash masterclass to reserve your seat. That's 3in30podcast.com slash masterclass. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, Episode 96, How to Organize Yourself and Your Home for the New School Year. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. I will never forget a conversation I had with one of my favorite teaching colleagues many years ago. She came into my classroom after school one afternoon and just stood there sort of surveying the chaos of my classroom. I had stacks of student papers lined up along the floor at the front of the room to keep track of which class period they had come from. My desk was completely cluttered with pens and piles and lesson plans scribbled on sticky notes. And my purse was dumped out on the floor because I'd been searching for my keys amidst all the mess in there. (laughs) And I remember her looking around the room in amazement and probably horror and saying, Rachel, you are such a mystery to me. You are so organized and competent in so many ways, but you are also a complete disaster. (laughs) And we both had a really good laugh about that. She's my really good friend. She'd al- she's also the friend that was with me driving once when my gas light came on, and she was shocked to hear that I always let my gas tank get that low. It's true. I'm kind of a hot mess. I can create organized systems within my creative work. Like There's almost no one who can organize an essay or a lesson plan or unit better than I can. But in my personal life and home life, I have almost no systems or routines, and it makes me crazy. I dream of having calm, consistent routines in our home, but it doesn't come naturally to me, and so far, I just haven't prioritized the time and energy to make it happen. That is why I'm so excited about our interview today with Mika Perry, whose name you might recognize because she's been on the show before, back in episode 68, Healing After Betrayal in Your Marriage. And she and I are hosting a Declutter Your Motherhood workshop together in Arizona on September 21st. And we've sold almost 100 tickets, but there's still a few more. So if you listen to this episode and you realize that you need more Mika in your life, hurry and grab your ticket at 3in30podcast.com forward slash Arizona. And a little background on Mika. She's a former elementary school teacher who then became a professional organizer. She went into hundreds of clients' homes to help them create systems. 
And after her youngest daughter turned one, she sold her organization business, but she continues to share her best lifestyle and organization tips through her blog, MikaPerry.com, her podcast, Good to Be Home, and her Instagram account. She's the mother of three girls, and she's a dear friend of mine. I'm so excited to have her teach me and all of us how to organize ourselves and our homes for the new school year. I need this episode more than anyone. So Mika, welcome to 3 and 30. Thank you, Rachel. It's so good to be back. It's so good to have you back. And I've been waiting for this episode for a long time. So (laughs) I'm ready for you to teach me how to make this school year a little less chaotic and more calm in the Nielsen house. Absolutely. And what is funny is that when I first started listening to your podcast, just as like a fun exercise, I had a notebook with me and I thought to myself, what would be my episode? on three and 30. If I were to go on, because I loved your podcast. I wasn't friends with you at the time. I didn't know you yet. We hadn't connected. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, huh, if I went on a podcast like this, what would my episode be about? And it was right around the time of summer. We were just ending our trip. And I thought, you know, what are the three things for back to school organization? How can moms have a little bit more calm, a little bit more peace and feel a little bit more put together for the school year ahead? So I'm really glad that it's actually happening. I manifested it. Yeah. (laughs) You did. And that was about a year ago, right? Mm -hmm. And we hadn't, we maybe talked once or twice on Instagram at that point. But since then, we've become really good friends, which is so cool that what a year can bring. Honestly, it's so great. Well, today I wanted to share about organization. And I know there's so much inspiration and thoughts around it. Some people Mm -hmm. can relate to being a fan of organization and they love, you know, doing it as a practice in their life. And others are overwhelmed by it. And they believe, well, I'm not an organized person. This can't happen to me. And what really fuels me and motivates me in my online work, whether it's the podcast or the blog, is that there are really simple little things that anyone can can do and just really easy, quick mindset shifts that you can kind of go through and practice in your life that'll turn it around. An organization, I want it to be something that is attainable and enjoyable and positive for everyone. So you're saying I can do it. I'm saying you can do it, Rachel. And here's (laughs) one thing that I will say is that although I relate more to the group that just has always liked being organized, uh, whether physically or with my time, it's something that I can think about doing even as a a kid. But when I became a newlywed, when I got married and started sharing a home with someone else, and then when I especially became a mom, and then when I was working full time, I got disorganized. And I realized that I needed to be intentional and I need to really think about putting some things into place to help me to not be overwhelmed. So even though it came naturally to me, you still have to take that step and kind of take action to create that momentum. Yeah. And different stages of your life, you're going to need to have different systems going that it doesn't just it doesn't necessarily transfer from one stage to the next. You kind of have to reevaluate. You do. do, And it it morphs and changes and and adjusts. And it's and and it's a flexible thing. You know, it's not set in stone. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear your three takeaways, particularly for back to school. Yes. All right. So my first takeaway is create calm mornings with a solid night routine. 
Now, I know morning routines, you know, you see a lot out there. I'm a huge believer and a practicer of a a set morning routine. And there's a lot of light on morning routine, but I want to bring in a little secret weapon of a night routine because I really believe the key to a good morning routine or just a good morning in general, that's not crazy, (laughs) is your night routine. And so rather than scrolling on social, which I'm still guilty of, or, you know, or watching a show or something, I would say, okay, let me take a little bit of time here. And what can I do to help me in the morning? So yeah, Mm. it's about giving you that space. Yeah. So then what kinds of things do you do the night before to prep, particularly for back to school season? What do you do the night before? Okay. Actually, for back to school, it doesn't change too much for me. So some of the things that I do is prepping everyone's water bottles and putting them in the fridge. This is such a small step that I have started doing or I started doing a couple of years ago that it just gave me a peace of mind that it was one less thing to do just putting the water in there and putting it in the fridge, Um, setting out lunch boxes and backpacks. I set the table for breakfast the night before. Um, I put my coffee cup and my Nespresso pods on the counter next to the Nespresso machine. I check my daughter's dance bag for the next day. I love diffusing essential oils. I'm all about a good home fragrance. And what I do is I go around and I fill all the diffusers just with water around the house. um, So that in the morning, all I have to do is add my essential oils and I can easily turn them on. Um, And then I take whatever I need to take out the door with me the next day, I just place them by the door. So sometimes I have mail, sometimes I have returns. um, Sometimes I have gifts, I have a little place, you know, in my mudroom area, and I just set it right there. So what I encourage, you know, as you're thinking about this is to think of all the typical routine things that you and your family need every day and just prepare them the night before. And I can honestly say that my mornings in my house are pretty calm and peaceful. Um, and it's because of this preparation. Yeah. And I, I mean, I totally resonate with this as it's something that I want to do and sometimes Mm do. And when I do it, mornings go so much more smoothly. Um, In fact, yesterday morning, I had not done this the night before and had to get my kids to a summer camp in the morning. And it ended with me sort of having a meltdown, a mom tantrum about nobody ever helps me. And I'm like trying to get everything and I'm yelling at my kids and we were 10 minutes late to camp. So that was a little wake up call for me. Like when I have those meltdowns, I'm like, okay, Rachel, you need to take responsibility and get some stuff prepped the night before so that every morning doesn't feel like this. So I did it last night and today went so much better. So there's a little testimonial. Um, And for me, it's less like, I feel like you're far down the road of doing this. So you maybe do like your essential oils and things or things you've maybe added with Mm -hmm. time, I'm guessing. But like for me, I'm like just getting the backpacks packed and the lunches packed is what is what all I can handle right now. And that's enough, you know, totally, totally enough. And sometimes that's all you can do, but it's like even just the water bottles, but just that one thing done empowers you and takes just one little stressor away, um, Mm. in your day. And I think there's two ways you can kind of set up your night routine is one, you can do that. You can just say, you know what, I'm going to start this back to school season with one thing I'm going to prepare the night before. And 
And that will get you to results, just like you said, you know, but also you can do it a different way, which is to like, even close your eyes and envision your ideal, like morning and what kind of space and what would be done and then work kind of backwards. Okay. What did you not have to worry about? What did you not have to take care of? Um, and what were you able to do instead? And then write all that down and then try to maybe practice it all because instead of taking it one step at a time, some people work really well with trying to just do the whole thing because then instead of getting one thing done, they may be able to get three things done that first try that first mm. you know, night or morning. And sometimes doing it all, it's such a dramatic difference that you can actually feel the difference. And then you're like, okay, now I, now I want to keep this up because it felt yeah. so good. You know, Absolutely. I love the idea of visualizing it. That's something that my counselor try, has me do a lot is visualize, mm -hmm. visualize how I want, whatever it might be, like visualize your morning, how you want it to go or visualize how you want that presentation to go and that there's real power in that. And I've actually, I didn't remember this until you were said that about visualization, but I've actually written it out before. Like I wake up in the morning and mm -hmm. I, and I, you know, kneel by the bed and pray. And then I go and I get a glass of water and I am like writing it as if it's happening. And then I read over it and remind myself. But for me, like just writing it that one time hasn't been enough to change me. Sure. But if I reread that all the time and really committed to it, I'm sure that it would really help me to envision my evening or my morning and the way that I want it to go. Yes. So one question that I had with these night routines, I have every intention of doing them. But by the end of the day, sometimes I'm so exhausted after being a mom all day that I just can't even like, I can't. <laughs> so what suggestions do you have for systems or routines or maintaining your energy so that you can do these things at the end of the day? Knowing what the end result is, to know what the benefit will be and keeping that in mind. Um, so kind of like getting over it and saying, you know what, I'm tired, but I'm going to do this because it's going to help myself and my family. Um, mm -hmm. and that's important to me. Um, and so I'm, I'm tired too. And there's nights that I don't want to do these things, but what really helps me to kind of get in that mode has been to start with the same thing every night and it kind mm -hmm. of becomes ritualistic and it signals like the start of my night routine. Um, it starts that process. So for me, it's actually putting that mug on the Nespresso machine and putting the two pods next to it. Then after that, it's almost like this very habitual ritual routine and like, okay, next I go here and I do this. And then next I go here and I do that. And then now I do that. And it takes time to build that up, but not too long. I was able to incorporate and practice it pretty quickly. And that's really helped me. Yeah. Well, and I feel like um, once it's a routine, it doesn't require the same amount of energy and willpower mm -hmm. to do it. You just you just execute your your body is kind of executing what you've already decided to do, you know, so that's a really great tip. And one thing that I have thought about as I've thought, you know, how I want more of these night routines is. I think my husband and I need to divide and conquer mm -hmm. on, you know, bedtime drags out forever for us. We need to we need to hone that down and probably just one of us could put the kids to bed. Like right now, one of us is putting one kid to bed while the other one is. It's dragging out forever. Whereas, 
if one of us was downstairs doing the night routine, getting the house picked up and everything, and the other was putting the kids to bed, just little tweaks like that, thinking about like, how can you involve your spouse in this? What things can you do? Give your kids to do and prep the night before um, to take responsibility for their own things and to get the family ready to go. These are all things that I've been thinking about as I've been contemplating heading into our new school year. Yeah, I think a super smart thing to do in anything in life is to delegate. So if you can do that within your family, I think that is a super smart move and it helps them practice too. Yeah, for sure. Okay, what's your second takeaway? All right, second takeaway is to implement simple solutions for all the paper. And you're still a great mom if you throw it away. Now, (laughs) this takeaway comes from one of the biggest questions I get from my followers and listeners, which is, what do I do with all the paper the kids bring home? First of all, let me just say that as a former teacher, um, and you could probably relate to Rachel, we just have to send this paper home. Your teachers are not out to get you. (laughs) They know that, you know, it, it might overwhelm you. But as a teacher... They want to make sure that you see everything and really what are they going to do with all of the things. So that's why everything your kid touches with a pencil, crayon, glue stick, whatever basically comes into your home. Um, Mm. But what I want the listener here to remember is that just because it's coming home doesn't mean there's some sort of sentimental value that lives on each piece and that you need to hang on to it. Um, Mm. There is mom guilt. And the what if around it associated with making the decision of what to do with all the paper that comes in after school. And when I get these questions, whether it's in my DM or in an email, um, I almost get a sense that these women are asking for permission to let go of it for me to say, Hmm. I throw it away. And then say, oh, yay, good. I wanted to, but I wasn't sure. Um, (laughs) So what I want to stress here when it comes to paper or artwork um, and deciding what to keep and toss, kind of like that decision-making filter, is that I don't like having a hard rule on it. I think it's a personal decision. And what makes really good organization is when it's customized to your specific needs. That's true in a closet or a pantry. And that's true with what you decide to keep and toss. There's very different, we all have different needs and priorities and emotional feelings around what is important to us and what isn't. Here are the ways that I kind of discern what to keep. Um, Again, these are not hard rules, but just thinking points, some thought work behind, you know, okay, what am I going to keep and and not? And this is what I used to advise clients when I'd go into their homes and I would just find mountains of, you know, pom-poms glued onto construction paper and every single thing that came back from preschool. Um, And is to keep in Mm -hmm. mind, A, does it show a developmental or growth milestone? Is it, um, you know, they're writing that, that, you know, shows that they're growing and changing and learning. Um, does it have a handprint or photo? And another one is to, um, this is a little bit Marie Kondo, but does it spark joy when you see it? Um, so mm-hmm. does it, like I imagine it being like a little squeeze in your heart when you see that piece or does it make you laugh or does it make you like put your hand on your chest and just sigh out loud with love? Like, oh, this is so cute. Um, Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of maybe like the filter, the decision-making filter. Um, and then if 
yes, you do. Those things do happen. Then consider keeping it. But if not, then it's okay to toss it. And remember that a selection of curated items will be more interesting and special down the road. Because the reason why you're kind of keeping this is because you want to look back on it down the road um, as a memory with your kid as they as they grow. Um, a special selection is more important and interesting and special down the road than just a huge pile of everything that they've ever made. And so this mm. can apply to like memorabilias and tokens um, and things like your kids' artwork and schoolwork. And I feel like they're much more likely to actually go through it and look at it and love it if there's fewer mm-hmm. things than if it's a mountain and they're overwhelmed and they're like, I'm not even touching that box of mementos. It's too much. Yes. It's just really overwhelming for everyone. It's been overwhelming for you to keep it all these years and then overwhelming when they start going through it. And then, you know, you mm-hmm. unload it onto them and then they feel the guilt <laughs> of, oh no, mom gave this to me. <laughs> now what do I do? Um, so yeah, there's a lot of like guilt and what if around this piece. Mm -hmm, Definitely. So what is your system? All right. So my system, this is where I just keep it really simple. So I have one inbox, like a tray on my desk, and this is where all paper all week long goes. And that includes my kids' schoolwork and artwork. So you can kind of imagine this inbox starts to look a little crazy. Um, It doesn't get piled like really high, but it's definitely not organized. But I don't spend time organizing it because I don't have time every single day to do that. Um, I think one mistake sometimes moms can make is that they create a system that requires filing and categorizing an organization like on the front end at the moment that it comes into their home. And then it complicates things and then it's just not sustainable. So what I have is that I have one place in my house where paper can go. And it's helpful to know that because whether it's on this on this counter in the kitchen or this counter in the kitchen, or if there's a piece of paper on the floor by the front door, I just know it all goes into my office in this like paper pile. Um, so that's where it kind of lives and gets stored for the week. Then on the weekend, this is when I do make time for myself and I go through it. And then this is when I make the decision to keep or toss. And then I have bins in my cabinet right near that inbox labeled with their names and their age. And then the ones that do make the cut, so to speak, go in there. And then I do that for Mm -hmm. the whole year. We just wrapped up, you know, this past year at the end of May. And so when that happened, I close the lid to that. And then I have um, a closet where I have just all these same very inexpensive, clear, small, like almost like a large shoe bin, basically. It's it's really the size of a piece of paper. Um, and so I have all mm. those. And then as we've gone through the years, I consolidate them when I notice, okay, this, I don't need a whole box for just this one school year. Can I just make a preschool box? Um, and then it'll start getting smaller and smaller as you go. Hmm. So um, at, at the end of that school year, you just put a lid yeah. on it. It's like a it's like a Tupperware, yep. Yep. a plastic yep. Tupperware. You just put the lid on it and label the grade and put it like in their closet or your, your storage mm-hmm. spot that you have yes. for it. And then over time, if you want to consolidate them, so you're not ending up giving them twelve exactly. plus boxes exactly. at the end, then yeah. you can. Um, I love that, and I'm assuming that you have a set 
time every week when you go through it, like it's part of your planning for the week or something so that it actually happens? Yes. So I have something called a week start checklist. Actually, you can find a post all about it, including the printable on my blog. Um, but I have mm-hmm. a pre-made checklist. So it's one less thing to, again, like in a routine, I don't have to remember what I need to do on the weekends. Um, I have a checklist of what I need to do, which includes going through that inbox, um, meal planning, cleaning out my wallet, cleaning my car, um, deleting old photos off of my phone. So just these like weekly things I can do that really helps me. And I call it week start because I, I don't consider it like wrapping up the week. I consider it kind of launching me into a good new week ahead. Mika, mm-hmm. you are not normal. <laughs> you are amazing. <laughs> when you said that, you're like, and I do the photos on my phone. I was like, wow, you are superhuman. It's like, it's super awesome that you yeah, do this. But I still have a lot of photos on my phone. I'm don't be, don't be fooled. Um, and there are weeks that I can't do that on the weekend. Um, so I, I can't do it. But the thing, it just reinforces the importance of those routines for me because I notice how the photos build up, how my wallet looks like a disaster. My car looks like a total mess because I didn't dedicate time towards it. Right. And I say that in the most oh, loving I way. I hope I you know, know that because we're because <laughs> we're good friends. And I'm always like, you're not normal. You have essential oils in your car, like diffusing in your car. I love it. It's, you know, I aspire to have some of your organization. So sweet, but it's so easy and it's so good. Like I just want everyone to have this in their yeah. life, you know? Yes, I totally. And I, I definitely want a piece <laughs> of it. And I do have one system in my house. <laughs> I have one um, where when the kids walk in the door, I immediately go through their backpack and toss all the a lot of the crap right then. But even still then, like a lot of times there's some decisions that need to be made on some of the stuff that's not immediately tossable. Mm-hmm. And that's where my system breaks down because I don't really have a good inbox or place after that. And so you're inspiring me to add that yeah. in to my loose after school routine. It's so simple. It's just one place where everything lives. And I think that's really important to remember. And actually that leads to my third takeaway. And that mm-hmm. is to create zones in your home to help eliminate decision fatigue and create predictability. So routines mm-hmm. I want to emphasize are not about rigidity. It's not about being you know, not spontaneous and being so strict with your life. It's actually about creating boundaries and creating flow in your home and in your life. And that alleviates the decision fatigue and overwhelm you can experience on a daily basis, especially as you go back to school. And there's so many meetings and things and things you have to buy and prepare and get ready and also get used to the new back to school year um, or the new school year ahead. Um, and and it's routines create the space for the things you love and that matter to you. And it's actually really freeing. I consider it as a freedom mm. in your life. You know, I read the book Essentialism a while ago, like years ago, and there's a line from it that I still remember years later. He said, build a routine that enshrines your essentials. Mm. And I love that verb enshrines like make sacred the things that really are the essentials that you want to bring into your life. It's like you said, it's, it's incredibly freeing when you know that those things are built into your life and no matter how crazy and busy it gets, those things will happen. happen. And 
family is important to me and my mental health is important to me and um, having calmness Mm -hmm. and peace. I want my kids to remember that and in their home. Mm -hmm. And so this is, you know, the ways that I do this, Um, you know, and I'm not always perfect. No one is. And that's really not what I'm trying to achieve. I consider, you know, organization is about being prepared. Um, It's not about perfection. Um, And it's interesting that you brought up a book, Rachel, because I have a there's a book called The Female Brain and by Dr. Luann uh, Bryzantine. And she said that a sign of maternal thriving is predictability. And motherhood is mm. unpredictable as is, which I think if you're listening, you know, <laughs> you can come up with all the, <laughs> the examples of the unpredictableness of motherhood. And that is what throws us so many of us out of alignment and often in a tailspin that we feel like we can't quite recover from, like we're just half or one step or maybe 10 steps always behind. And so being mindful about being prepared and creating systems and smartly designing your schedule and home, again, not to perfection, but just into zones and kind of that enshrinement um, is a way Mm. for us as mothers to take away the chaos and to take control and to create more calm and peace and predictability in our motherhood. Mm, Yes. So tell us about your zones that you have. So home zones. So these are physical zones. I have a homework station. This is in our kitchen because that's typically where we do homework, like many people. And I simply just have all the supplies I need for homework ready and available there. I even have the um, like a pencil sharpener and markers there and um, extra pieces of paper, lined paper, blank paper, whatever you need. It's all there. I also have, we designed a, it's not really a mudroom. It's like a hallway basically with some shelving and hooks. Um, And so that is a zone where I can always, like I mentioned, if I'm heading out the door the night before, this is where I place everything. Mm. I also have uh, chore boards. That is a zone where the kids can jump into that delegation and help out around the house. So um, those are prominent in our kitchen. I have three kids, so I have the three boards there. Um, If you want to see those chore boards, it was actually a DIY. DIY one, and I have the entire tutorial on the blog. Um, I also have a coffee and tea station. This section um, is very much um, a part of my morning and night routine. And it becomes kind of a ritual. I go to this drawer and this uh, cabinet area for coffee and tea. It's important to me. (laughs) I need that. And so, you know, whatever it may be, maybe it's a smoothie station. I also have, you know, I like to have a protein shake or make smoothies for my kids. And so I put some of the ingredients that I use for that um, on a shelf near the Vitamix blender. And then that is also designed near my freezer. So it's kind of all like right in a zone right there. Mm. Um, And so if you don't have you know, maybe you can't think of where you could put that in your home. Please don't think that it has to be this magnificent, large area and perfectly organized with, you know, Pinterest worthy, you know, a look to it. It can just be like a zone where you simply put your sunglasses every time. Or, you know, this countertop is where every night when I'm making the kids lunches or in the morning when I take the water bottles out, this is where I always place those items. So you just know. You don't have to think about it. This is where it goes. Like you said, it eliminates the decision fatigue, which Mm -hmm. is so huge for moms of, and just 
the wasted time of not knowing where things are and trying to find them, <laughs> which is, yeah. yeah, if you just know things are always in these certain places, it can eliminate so much of that frustration as a mom. One question that I have with all of this, I hear it and I'm so inspired. I also do feel like it's doable. Mm-hmm. Um, but where does someone start? Like if you feel like you're, you're starting from ground zero, you want to do it all, but maybe you know realistically you can't tackle zones mm-hmm. and a night routine and or- paper organization like all in one day. No. Where, how do you decide where to start? So that is a great question. And it is one I get often when, you know, I asked on Instagram and on the podcast, what's your biggest organizational challenge? And hopefully you can find some comfort that, you know, maybe one of these describes you, but it's not having enough time and not knowing where to start. Um, Being overwhelmed with setting up a system, where do I even start? What I suggest when you're overwhelmed is that just be simple about it and just start. I really like starting with a drawer in your home. Um, If you need to make a drawer for like lunch items or back to school clothes for like there's kids supplies, anything like a drawer is a very small, doable, not overwhelming physical space that anyone can organize with very limited time and effort and products that you might even need to organize it. It's not as overwhelming. And I think you'll be surprised to find that if you tackle one drawer, it might motivate you to uh, get on board with some more physical spaces. Please don't try to do all that in one day. That's not what I'm suggesting. But pick one. If you were listening um, a couple minutes ago and one stood out to you, just try it. Just try it and then see if it sticks. And if it does, that's awesome. And if it doesn't, try something new. And I know from you, from the three takeaways you gave us today, the one that I'm going to start with is that night routine. Because mm. I really feel like that could have a domino effect on these other areas of my life too. If I simply have a consistent night routine, which will lead to a better morning, which leads to better everything mm-hmm. when those things are flowing more easily. Yes. And we cannot take care of our homes and our children and anything until we take care of ourselves. And that really does have a trickle effect. Yes. So could you recap our three takeaways for us? Absolutely. So the first takeaway is to create calm mornings with a solid night routine. Number two, implement simple solutions for all the paper, and you're still a good mom if you throw away your child's artwork. Number three, create zones in your home to help eliminate decision fatigue and create, and I'm going to add here, embrace predictability. Mm, Embrace it. Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay. And Mika, before we end, I want them to hear from you. I feel like they're tired of hearing about it from me. Um, What our workshop is going to be about on September 21st. Yes. So I am so excited to bring you to Arizona in September, and we are hosting the Declutter Your Motherhood workshop. And this is very much based on your workshop that you have previously hosted. Um, But I'm coming in and adding a little bit of a different element as far as decluttering and organizing your external life. How do you organize your time? How do you organize your space? Um, And really walk away feeling refreshed and renewed and empowered. Um, And 
you are going to, Rachel, and I just love this, is decluttering um, your motherhood on the inside. And you will be teaching us how to sort out expectations of ourselves as moms. Um, You can learn how to examine your resentments and your own desires in your life as a mom and purge the limiting beliefs. I love this so much. And I can't wait for actually to hear you and learn from you, Rachel. So again, this is September 21st. It's in Chandler, Arizona, uh, which is in the Phoenix area. And we just can't wait to meet you, first of all, and help you just pursue a life that's built on your strength and a schedule that energizes you and just have a deeply fulfilling life and relationship with your children and your family. Yes, we're so excited. And um, we we also wanted to let everyone know that there are some scholarship tickets available for moms with financial need. And the application for that closes at the end of August. So you only have a couple days if you're listening to this when it first airs. So you can go to 3and30podcast.com forward slash Arizona to find out about tickets for our event, as well as to see the link to that scholarship application. And we would absolutely love to have all of you there. And Mika, thank you so much for coming on to teach us and kind of give us a little sneak peek of what we might get at the workshop. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so grateful for your friendship. Me too, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me today. I want to thank Mika for coming on and thank all of you for listening. I hope that we'll see many of you at our workshop in Arizona in September. And if you aren't in Arizona and you're not able to travel to Arizona, I wanted to let you know that on next week's episode, I'll be announcing the dates and locations of my final few Declutter Your Motherhood workshops for 2019. So be sure to listen next week's episode so you'll be the first to know about those. Let's all choose one thing from this week's episode to implement this week as we get ourselves organized during this back-to-school season, and I hope you have a fantastic week with your family.